Welcome to the Gnome Dog Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Britz, and this Sunday, Syracuse takes on Drexel, the Colonial Athletic Association champions. They won their conference tournament last year. They made the NCAA tournament for the first time since 1996. I'll tell you why that's significant in a moment. If this is the first time you've ever listened to the Dome Dog Podcast, I've been a Syracuse fan my whole life. Now I'm sharing my thoughts with you. Thanks for joining me. Syracuse and Drexel have played four times in the past. Syracuse owns the advantage three games to one. The only time Drexel won was in 2006. They came into the Carrier Dome and beat Syracuse 84-79. Coincidentally, newly grad assistant Demetrius Nichols had his career eye of 31 points. Shot 10 for 22 from the field, but he missed some easy buckets that could have given Syracuse the lead here and there. I wonder if the guys on ESPN2 on Sunday will talk about that if he's on the bench. Drexel and Syracuse also met in 1996 NCAA tournament. I'm going to give you a little history lesson here. 1996 was a big year for both programs. Drexel got their one and only NCAA tournament win in school history. They defeated Memphis in the first round. They were a 12 seed. They faced the 5 seed. That happens a lot in the NCAA tournament, but that was Drexel's first and only win. So they got that win. Syracuse played Montana State. They demolished them 88-55. The two teams met in the second round. Syracuse-Drexel was tied 24-all at the half. Then in the second half, Syracuse outscored them 45-34 to to win the game 69-58. Now that 1986 team went to the Final Four for Syracuse, led by John Wallace, Lazar Sims, Todd Bergen, Jason Cipolla, Otis Hill, J.B. Reefsnyder, Marius Janulis, that was pretty much the guys who played in that team. I remember that sense of optimism in Syracuse after Syracuse had defeated Drexel and Georgia defeated Purdue, Then they're going to play each other in the Sweet 16. Georgia was the eighth seed, so on paper, as the fourth seed, that looks better than playing the number one seed. But the game was not easy at all, and it's a very famous game in Syracuse history. Georgia was up by two. Last seconds, John Wallace throws a pretty far pass down the side. Jason Cipolla takes the jump shot. He makes it. The game goes in overtime. And then in overtime, Georgia takes the lead again. They're up by one. John Wallace takes the ball, pulls up from three, and nails it. Georgia then came down and didn't get a shot off, and the game was over. Syracuse advanced. Then in the next game, Syracuse faces Kansas, which is number two seed. And that team was stacked. Paul Pierce was a freshman. Rafe LaFrance was on the team. Jacques Vaughn. Syracuse won 60-57. to then they played Mississippi State, who also was a preseason favorite. Eric Dampier, Syracuse won that game 77-69. Then unfortunately, in the championship game, they ran into a Kentucky team that had a few pros on it. Tony Delk, Antoine Walker, Walter McCarty, and Ron Mercer, who was the one that really burned them. He had 20 points in 24 minutes, and Kentucky won 76-67, and Syracuse was still waiting for that illustrious national championship that came later on at 2003. But what was really awesome about that year was Syracuse was probably the fourth best team in the Big East that year. They had Connecticut with Ray Allen. There was Georgetown with Allen Iverson. There was Villanova, Kerry Kittles, and there was Syracuse, which John Wallace was their leader. Yeah, he was an NBA player, but he wasn't at that level of those guys. I think all Syracuse fans will agree it's a good season when you outperform UConn, Georgetown, and Villanova. Unfortunately for Syracuse fans, Villanova and UConn have won multiple titles since then. To Syracuse's one, Georgetown's only title came in 1984 when Patrick Ewing, who's now the coach, was a player on the team. Question is, who out of those four teams will win the next title? 
Will it be UConn? Will it be Villanova? Will it be Syracuse? Will it be Georgetown? Hit me up on the Facebook page and let me know what you think. That history lesson was brought to you by Mike's Craigslist Classes. If you need to make a sale, Mike's got a system that will never fail. Hit up Mike at MikeDeBritz at gmail.com. Back to present day, Drexel and Syracuse. Drexel is going to pose more of a threat than Lafayette just because they've got some guys that can shoot. As a team last year, Drexel 37.1% was second to Colonial Athletic. Only to Charleston was 37.4, so pretty much pretty even there as far as three-point shooting. Their best player is Cameron Winter. He was the most outstanding player in the CAA tournament last year. He's picked the preseason player of the year this year. He averaged 16 points, but over five assists. He's fifth all-time in assists in school history. Malik Martin, he's a transfer from Monmouth. He's a 40% shooter from three. Xavier Bell, 42% from three. Mete Okrus, 39% from three. So, you know in the zone defense, it might have to stretch out for Syracuse a little bit with these guys shooting threes. And they're also not a bad rebounding team for a smaller team, plus four rebound margin last season, which led the Colonial Athletic. The last guy I want to talk about is James Butler. Last season, he averaged around 13 points per game, just over nine rebounds, the second best in the Colonial Athletic. And I was reading an article by Mike Waters on Syracuse.com, talked about how James Butler played for the Naval Academy, decided to transfer out of the Naval Academy to Drexel, and his father, Vernon, played with David Robinson in 1986 in the upset in the Carrier Dome. So, as I mentioned before, the Syracuse Drexel has some history of playing each other, and 1996 was a pivotal year, but this is also interesting that uh, Butler and his father have a Syracuse tie as well. It's a small world. You can read the full article on Syracuse.com. Meet the Drexel player whose father was part of memorable NCAA upset of Syracuse. Mike Waters has been covering the team forever. He's always got good stuff. Check it out. So I talked about the history between the two teams and what Drexel has going for them. Now, as far as Syracuse, we saw a pretty dominant performance against Lafayette. It's hard to tell. Competition's a lot less. I think Drexel's better, so it should be a closer game. I still think Syracuse will win by double digits. But what I want to see is more out of individual players. You know, I, I like Gerard in the first game. He played well compared to what he did last year. That's good. You know, the Bayheim brothers came out with some good shots. But I want to see what Benny Williams can do. Because Benny Williams was touted as this great player that could replace some of the guys that had left. And he really didn't get that many opportunities. He had five shots in the game. He's three for five. Two of those were dunks. One was a jump shot. I want to see if he can face guys up. Can he drive by people? Can he post up? Is he going to be involved in the offense? Is he going to get more touches? I, I want to see that. And I want to see what early and often in that game against Drexel. The other person I want to see something from is Jesse Edwards. He can't come away with just a couple rebounds on a team like this. No one on their team is that close to the biggest him. I want to see a double-double out of him. I want to see him get mad. I want to see him block some shots and talk smack. You know, get angry. Be an intimidated big guy because that's what Syracuse is going to need down the line. This Drexel team, yeah, they pose a little bit of a threat at times, but you know, it's not like going to be playing against North Carolina where they have four or five big guys that they can run at you. So you better start getting intimidating right now. As for the team overall, we know that you can shoot from the perimeter. But can you make mid-range shots? Can you drive? Can you get some offensive rebounds and putbacks? I want to see the press in this game. I know when Syracuse plays some of these teams that are out of conference, they may not need the press, maybe blowing them out. I don't think it's rubbing it in if they apply the press early in the game and kind of establish it. 
They've got a deep bench. They need to work on it because there's going to be points in this season where Syracuse goes stagnant on offense. They can't hit any shots. They're going to be behind. They're going to use it. It's worked well for them the last few years. It would be great to be proactive and not reactive. As I mentioned before, the schedule just gets harder. Colgate was an NCAA tournament team. Seven of eight leading scorers are back. VCU was an NCAA tournament team. Baylor, the national champion. Florida State. The games are not going to be easy. So might as well work on things that you need to work on now. So when those games come up, the team is ready. I hope you enjoyed the Dome Dog podcast tonight. That's all I have. Just one thing left to do is pay off one of my sponsors. That's Robbie Z's Motors. If you can find a better deal, Robbie will buy you a $500 meal. Code word, you can't return it. Thanks for listening to the Dome Dog Podcast, now available on Spotify, Amazon Music slash Audible, and Podbean. Please join the Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Dome Dog Pod. That's D-O-M-E-D-A-W-G-P-O-D. Thanks for joining me. Come on, Juice!